So often leaders can see level one. They can see that I have to tell you each individual thing. Do I really have to tell you mm -hmm. each and everything? <laughs> they can see level seven, where they understand that there is a this mystical place yeah. where you just tell people to run with it and they just get it done. I don't believe it's possible. But they don't you know. see all those intermediary steps. Yeah. And so it seems impossible to ever get from level one to level seven. And I think that's kind of true. Like to jump from a troubled level one yeah. straight to seven, you're like really low odds of ever making away. that work. Yeah. So I think understanding how to work through those ranks can be really helpful. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. Mary, can you run along and be a deer and do this thing for me? No. <laughs> but this podcast isn't the art of saying no. This is episode 48, and we are talking about delegation. Where did be a deer come from anyway? Like, it's like, you know... Be a sweetheart. Be sweet. Yeah. But, like, we thought it was so funny when we were kids that when my mom would tell us to be a deer and do something, then we would try to do the thing with our hands on our head like antlers because we're being a deer. Right, but wouldn't that be called being a buck? Look, we were dumb kids. We didn't understand... <laughs> We mid didn't Midwest know. sensibility kicking in. We didn't know by then. So we're talking about delegation. And uh, wait a minute, though, because a buck and a doe are both deer. Oh, you're right. Oh, I, I guess I'm schooled. right. I guess I'm right. <laughs> Used to uh, seeing those on the front of your car. It's true. Yeah. They're rampant there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough about me. So we're talking about delegation. So delegation is something that people come to us wanting to know about more than most other subjects. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we talked a little bit about delegation in what way back in episode 13. And wow, that was a long time ago. There were a handful of folks who were, were asking, we get this question often too, how can I delegate to somebody who doesn't report to me? Mm -hmm. And that's in the, the authority, uh, respect, authority, deference conversation. Because if they don't report to you, if you don't have authority over them, uh, you can't compel a delegation. Well, you can't delegate. So right. there are, this is, and, and talking about respect and authority and deference, mm -hmm. it really kind of takes us back to that concept that we could take a lot of words and define them a lot of different ways. And part of teaching is deciding on one way to define that word. Right. And so from my standpoint, delegation is very specifically when you use your workplace authority mm -hmm. to put a task onto someone else's plate. Yeah. So if you ask a coworker to do you a favor and to, to be a deer and a deer. to do a job for yeah, you. You probably don't want to say that now. You didn't delegate that. It's it's only delegation when you're using your authority and it becomes their task. If This is you, like voluntold. Right. If you ask someone to do you a favor and they say that because the truth is, if I say to someone, will you do me a favor and, and do this report for me so that I can give it to a client, mm -hmm. and then they don't do the report, it's still me on the line when the day comes because I asked them to do me a favor. That didn't become their responsibility. Right. Whereas if I tell one of my reports to do something for me, someone who reports to me and I tell them to do this job, now that's their job and now they're on the line. That doesn't mean I'm not impacted if they don't do it. Mm -hmm. but. That's the difference, I think, between delegation and just 
handing tasks around, if right. that makes sense. Is there any enforcement? Right. Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if it's a favor, then there's no enforcement. Right. So we often, in our time management training session, end up getting into a whole workshop where we just spend, we can lose lots of time talking about delegation. We spend easily two hours just on delegation. Mm -hmm. And there are so many questions and so much that people want to understand better about how to interact with it. But delegation can be a really hard subject to teach and a really hard subject to get your head around mm -hmm. and talk about. Because the truth is, in its simplest form, delegation is just, as long as I clearly tell you to do the thing and you understand what I want you to do, and you respect my authority, and then you either do the thing or you don't do the thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do the thing, then I apply the consequence, and that's all very simple. Mm -hmm. But that's not really how delegation behaves in the real world. Well, it's not simple. But I think you you skipped a couple of steps, and I think a lot of people skip these couple of steps mm -hmm. in verifying that the people actually know how to do the thing. Right. Right? Right. Like if, if I delegate something to you, mm -hmm. and there's no clear expectation, and there's no training, mm -hmm. and because I gave it to you, I expect it to come back correct, mm -hmm. many times we're not investing the time in order to be able to delegate. And I think that, that ability to delegate is something that you reap after you've invested in the person and in the process. Yeah. I mean, you can develop a shorthand over time so mm -hmm. that when you ask to get something done, you know exactly what you're going to get back. Right. But that's not how it works in the beginning. Yeah. But I guess my point is that's kind of a, there are a lot of steps missing right. from that very simplified. And that's, I guess, my point is that sim delegation seems simple. Mm -hmm. It seems like I just tell the person to do the thing and then they either do it or don't. And either they did it and they're a great guy or they didn't do it or did a bad job and they're a jerk. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of that. And the truth is that, like you were just getting at, there are so many levels. So people have trouble because there's a conflict element. Because right. if if I ask you to do a thing and you don't immediately do it just the way I asked, now there's a sense of conflict. There's mm -hmm. a tension between us, and yep. that's challenging. Yep. And there could be a perception that uh, the person delegating to you is taking something away, mm -hmm. that they're taking your time away, or mm -hmm. they're taking your choice away. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's the element of trust and faith. So if I'm trying to delegate, do I trust that this person is going to try to do a good job? Mm -hmm. And do I have faith that they're going to be capable of doing a good job? And I think we see that get in the way all the time of mm -hmm. successful delegation where people hold on to stuff because they can't let go because of the trust-faith issue. Right. Uh, so then finally, I found a quote. So we're going to be talking in this episode about uh, a theory called the seven levels of delegation, which I think is a really cool theory. And it's this, definitely a different way to think about delegation. Mm -hmm. And it was put together by a guy, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher his name because he's from the Go Netherlands. His name is, I think it's Jürgen. Yeah. Jürgen Apello. And I'm going to say it's Jürgen. You could say Jurgen. That's like a lotion brand, right? Yeah, it's spelled different. It's like cherry almond yeah. lotion. So no, I think it's Jurgen. <laughs> so he came up with, with this theory of seven levels of delegation. It's what we're going to be talking about. But he had a really good quote on his website that I thought really kind of hit the nail on the head where he said, treating employees like adult human beings might be common sense, but it's not common practice. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the issues with delegation come from exactly that that we can interact with one another just fine in the day-to-day -day until it comes time to delegate a task. And then all of a sudden, we struggle to communicate, we struggle with trust and faith, we struggle with all of these things where if we would just kind of take a step back, take a breath, 
it might be a little easier to untangle. Mm -hmm. Well, I think a lot of the time there's a huge amount of fear that's put into delegating something uh, and being afraid that, that the whole project will be tanked if the delegation doesn't go well or if their end product doesn't turn out exactly perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that you should go into delegation with, with a handful of things in mind, but one of them at, at the fore should be the idea that it's okay if it doesn't come back perfectly the first time. It's okay if we have to workshop this and add controls to make sure that there's a review process uh, before we just let it loose. Well, in our time management session, we talk about delegation. We compare it to the art of teaching kids to do chores mm -hmm. and the conversation about our kids and having taught them to do dishes. And the truth is that in the first year or two that our daughter was learning to do dishes, she broke almost an entire set of dishes. Yep, you're gonna have failed attempts. You're gonna have mistakes, you're gonna have things that get broken. And that's part of the, the art of delegation is teaching them how to clean up the mess, teaching them how to fix the mistake, and showing them that you have faith in them to be able to do that for themselves next time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's a common sentiment that people will say that their people are incapable of taking delegation, mm -hmm. but I would flip that on its head and ask, are you capable of delivering delegation? Which really takes us to the next next piece of this conversation, because you know what we've just kind of talked through is a lot of the theory of delegation, and we talk a lot about why it's important that we delegate and what things we need to think about when we delegate. But it can be really hard to, to pin down that conversation in practice. So the way that we address delegation a lot is in the day-to-day -day where somebody says, I told this person to do this thing and it didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? And then we can go into that specific well, did scenario. You, did you tell them how to do it? Mm -hmm. and we did can, you explain what the end product was going to look like? Mm -hmm. And we can do the detective work then and figure out where it fell down. Uh, but up until recently, I felt like we didn't have a good kind of working theory that you could really just apply mm -hmm. to this. And that's really how I feel about the seven levels of delegation is that it's a really good kind of in practice uh, conversation about delegation. So the way that this theory works is it talks about how decisions are made. Who makes the final call? Who makes the decision? Who pulls the trigger, as it were? There are a lot of different variations or, or delivery methods or permission levels for delegation. And just in the same way that, that the word respect can mean different things to different people, mm -hmm. the word delegate can mean many different things to different people. And so mm -hmm. what this theory attempts to do is break down those different meanings so that we understand what level we're actually delegating at and what level of uh, autonomy and, and permissions do you have to actually carry this thing out? How much am I empowering you to actually take this thing by the reins or by the horns? <laughs> the antlers? The antlers. Take it by the antlers? That's right. So. Really what it does is it defines seven different levels of delegation from the least, call it delegatory, to the most. Yeah. 
So, so it really relates to the autonomy. Mm-hmm. So the first three refer to decisions that are ultimately going to be made by, made by the manager. So when you think about this theory, you're going to think about the fact that we have a manager and we have a team. Mm-hmm. And whether we're talking about the team as a whole or individual team members is not really important. This is really about where the power rests to make a decision, a given specific decision between that manager and that team. Mm-hmm. So. The first three levels are where the decision is made by the manager. So the first level is tell. And this is simply where the manager makes a decision and then tells the team what that decision is. This is like drop and give me 50 push-ups. Yeah, absolutely. This is just do the thing. I'm going to tell you to do a thing. You need to do the thing. Period. Absolutely. And it's important as we talk through this to understand this isn't really meant to uh, define your management style. So often people will interact with this and look at it like, well, maybe you're a tell manager. I only tell. Or maybe you're a delegate manager. Yeah. But the idea here is that within any organization, there are decisions that belong at every level mm-hmm. of this tree. Now, with tell, the important part to consider is how much effort does it take from the manager to delegate every single thing by tell? Uh, a ton. They're making every single decision. They are mandating exactly how everything is carried out. Mm-hmm. And they will tell you exactly how you do your job in every case all day. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find people who are struggling to move beyond this level of delegation where they're sort of stuck here. And they feel like it is impossibly heavy to get the work done because they have to tell every single person every single thing. Mm-hmm. And this can come into play if if the manager is a control freak Mm -hmm. or a perfectionist Mm -hmm. where they expect every single thing to be perfect. Or they could just be rough at communication where they're they're not strong at communicating the end result or Mm -hmm. means and methods for how to complete it. You can fail at the tell level because you don't have authority. Mm -hmm. Because even if you are technically someone's boss, if they don't respect that authority, if they don't cede that authority to you, then you can tell them to do whatever you want to tell them to do all day and they won't do it. So if you cannot tell, if you cannot master this first level where you tell someone to do a thing and they do that thing, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to do well at the higher levels. You have to master each level kind of up through this tree. And many times when we're brought in to help with management issues, we'll roll everything back to this very simple level Mm -hmm. where we'll pick some piece that we have to move and we'll make it very simple for everybody involved Mm -hmm. and we'll have one person we'll have the manager tell the employee or the team Mm -hmm. do this thing Mm -hmm. period and if they don't do this thing then we need to address the authority issue yep. before we can even move forward. Yep. Or again, sometimes then we see the manager do the telling and realize that it was not at all as clear as that mm-hmm. manager thought it was. Right. When they tell the person what to do, it is entirely unclear what that end result should look like. And yep. then that's where the failing happens. So what comes after tell? After tell is sell. So level two is sell. So I hope all these are going to rhyme. They do not all rhyme. So the sell level is where the manager makes the decision and then kind of works to persuade the team Mm -hmm. that this is what should happen. This is really a better choice for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. This this is really a better idea that I decided. This is what we're going to do and this is why. Yeah. So this is where now we're trying to get the team on board with a decision mm-hmm. uh, and we're, we are sort of post-emptively getting their input. So we've already made the decision, 
but we're going to take their input for next time. So it can look like uh, there was there was a decision that came from somewhere else, but in fact, it actually came from the manager, mm-hmm. 100%. And if you've ever been uh, uh, privy to swaying the mind of your, your kids, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to them, mm-hmm. that, that this decision is really the best decision, there's no question about whether or not we're going to go in this direction. Mm-hmm. But you make the effort to, to persuade them to get on board. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so if then, if we have a failure at the cell level, then what that would generally look like is we're going to assume they did make it up through the tell level. Mm-hmm. And this is where uh, people tend to have a high level of resentment. So they do what they're told, mm-hmm. but they do only what they're told. Only when someone's standing there. Mm-hmm. And there's really very little enthusiasm and very little sense that what they think matters. Mm-hmm. So if we're mastering the cell level, people are still just doing what they're told, but they feel better about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that they'll be on board and morale could be better if we master the cell level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the third level, and this is the final level where the decision is actually in the hands of the manager, is consult. And when we have a, a decision that's made at that consult level, what that means is that the first thing that the manager does before the manager makes the decision is consult the team, get all of their feedback, understand exactly what the team thinks we should do. And then the manager makes the decision. Right. So even if this is the team who's carrying out the work, the manager is going to get all the input, make the decision on how the work's going to get carried out, and then that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. They're going to make the call and we're moving forward. Exactly. So a failing... You, you can like it or you can love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So then what does a failing at the consult level look like? Well, I, I suppose this is where maybe there's a decision where the team feels they should be consulted. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Or it could be that they did give their opinion, they did give their input, and stage a mutiny mm-hmm. because we're not going in the direction that they recommended. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a level of sell here where if the team has a strong opinion, especially a, a common strong opinion, they all are in agreement we should do things one way, and as a manager you're going to do things another way, I think it's important that you explain why to them. But we've already passed through the sell, so we should already be on top of that. It's true, but making a decision and then selling it Mm -hmm. versus consulting, we're talking about what a failure at the consulting level Mm -hmm. looks like. So it's a little bit different. Um, To sell an idea that you, so I made the decision and now I'm gonna convince you guys to get on board is a little different than um, I consulted you, Mm -hmm. I ignored your ideas, I ran forward with the idea without really explaining why I ignored your ideas, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of a more complex sell. But I think a a way that you can be more likely to be successful here is to communicate up front that I'm going to be gathering everybody's Mm -hmm. input, Uh, your your input matters to me, but understand I'm going to make my decision Mm -hmm. uh, based on my thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So that that expectation is clear and your your opinion and perspective mm-hmm. is considered. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake that I'm the person making the decision here. Yep. And so the next, the next, the fourth level of delegation takes us into the place where this decision is made in true consensus. We're right in the middle. But this is like we, true democracy. It's true. This yeah. is the thing where everybody raises their hand. So before we move on out of the manager phase, though, I want to make it clear that uh, again, there's the idea that 
the goal is to move everything and all decisions to just full delegation all the time. Mm-hmm. And the truth is... What do you mean full delegation? So if we talk about the fact that level one mm-hmm. is the, the least delegatory, yep. where I just tell you what to do and you do it. Yeah. And level seven, spoiler alert, is to completely delegate a decision, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to and talk about. So it's important that we don't fall into the trap of thinking that the best manager would have every decision be a level seven all the time. Right. Because the truth is, as a manager, if you aren't ever making any decisions, if you aren't carrying any decisions at all, if you never tell, you never sell, you never consult, you're maybe not carrying the weight you should be carrying. Well, it should look like a spectrum, and there should, should be varying look like levels. A spectrum. And you should be moving your team to higher and higher levels as everyone progresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's important that as you're considering decisions, you should be asking yourself who who is appropriate to make the decision. Mm-hmm. What what level are we working with here? Mm-hmm. So the fourth the fourth level is agree, and this is where the decision is made in true consensus. And of all of the levels of delegation, I would say this is the one that you would use the most sparingly Mm -hmm. because for the entire team and the manager, everybody on board to 100% agree on a decision Mm -hmm. uh, can be tricky. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to get to. So it's important that we only put things at that agree level when either they're very important, extremely important decisions or extremely unimportant decisions. So if we say, we're going to get a new coffee maker, but only once everyone agrees on which coffee maker, (laughs) fine, because if we never get one, it's not the end of the world. Um, But life or death situations, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Right, we want to definitely make sure that that everybody has buy in there, mm-hmm. or or things that will really important safety things. Yeah, that will significantly impact people's bottom line. Uh, but we really need to use it sparingly and thoughtfully. Because when the decision falls in the hands of multiple parties, mm-hmm. then it can be really difficult to ever get that consensus, and it means that that thing might get bound up. Mm-hmm. And so what does failure look like at consensus? Well, so failure at consensus is largely if we can't get consensus. Mm -hmm. Then we need to figure out what to do. Do we either take control of that or or delegate and let the team make that decision? Mm -hmm. And that's it. So if we're failing at consensus, we need to decide which side this is going to fall on. Is this going to ultimately fall back to the manager or fall back to the team? Because that's important. Mm -hmm. So then we move into levels five, six, and seven, which are the levels where it falls in the team's hand. And you're gonna see where this looks very symmetrical. This looks very similar. So level five is advise. So this is where the manager would advise the team or team member and say, in your situation, this is what I would do, but the decision is yours. So this is kind of the flip side of consult. This is where the manager will give you a suggestion of what you should do in their pure opinion and then let you make the decision as a team member or as a team. I I see this fall down in a lot of cases where the team member doesn't feel confident Mm -hmm. about making the decision and you can see a decision stall Mm -hmm. or a project stall because they're they're not trained or they they don't feel confident Mm -hmm. in uh, in feeling safe if this project falls into pieces because of the decision that I made, I don't want to be responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and a failing at the advised level is really when the team member isn't 100% clear that that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. So 
if the manager says, I'd advise you to do this, and then the team member feels like, well, they told me to do this. They yeah. feel like it's a level one. They feel like they've been told what to do. And like, if that doesn't work out, now they're up against a wall. Right. When the truth is, the manager expected that he or she was giving advice and that they would then make the decision on their own. So now the team member feels like their empowerment's been taken away and the manager feels like the team member's refusing to step up mm -hmm. because what we're doing is we're treating this as an advice situation and not making it clear to the team member that that's what it is. But if you have a conversation during the delegation and the team understands these seven levels mm -hmm. and the question from the team member is, what level are we delegating from? Mm -hmm. And the answer is level five, advise. I'm giving you advice, mm -hmm. uh, recommendation, but you do what you will. Mm -hmm. Then regardless of the outcome, we need to make sure that, that it's okay that, that they made that decision. Yep. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to go swimmingly. And we can adjust the team or re-educate or whatever we need to do then, but we have to make sure that we don't claw that, that permission back or say that yes. we never gave it. Because we need to clarify that that is the expectation, that mm -hmm. this decision is yours. And the flip side of that is, I think I'm telling and you think I'm advising. Yeah. So then I say, do this thing. And what you hear is, I do it this way, but do what you want. And right. then they run with that decision and then feel like they've been undermined mm -hmm. when it becomes clear that I never intended you to make a decision in this. Right. So those are both kind of pitfalls of that advised level. But it's, it's having that, that shared language absolutely. to understand what is the expectation. Mm -hmm. And that's really the value of this whole conversation, this whole tree, is that by laying out what all of these are and what they mean and then telling someone exactly where we are, mm -hmm. now they know exactly what the expectation is. So level six then is inquire. So inquire is sort of the flip side of that sell piece mm -hmm. where basically what I expect you to do if I'm going to inquire as a manager is I'm going to tell you make the decision but after the decision has been made mm -hmm. come back and tell me what you decided and why right so you have to sell me but mm -hmm. the decision is still yours you made the decision already so in the same way that at the sell level the managers already made the decision now they're just trying to get the team yeah. to come on board at the inquire level, you as a team member have already made and committed to this decision, and as a manager, I respect that you made it. But I want you to come back and I wanna know, again, what you decided, why you decided it, how it went. It mm -hmm. means report back. It means I need to see the result of your decision mm -hmm. so that if I think you should have made a different decision, this isn't gonna go back mm -hmm. and it's not gonna come back to bite you where I'm gonna say you screwed up, but I can say, in the future, let's talk about how we might do this differently. So this is really very much a part of the training wheels part of delegation. Yeah. So uh, that can fail where, uh, and I see this all the time, where a manager really feels that they're in this inquire state where they say, go ahead and make the decision. And then they never hear back and they never see the results. And they have no idea if the thing even got done, yep. what happened. How it went, and if it got done at all. Mm -hmm. And then they feel like the person dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. But the team member feels that that decision was given to them and they ran with it and they did it and now they're on to the next day's problems. Yep. And I don't know how many times I've seen where someone says, well, I asked him to do this thing and he never did it. And the truth is, it's already done, and it's there 
in the file folder, it's there in the email. And but the, the manager can try to claw back the whole thing and roll back to the tell setting mm -hmm. because uh, if it can't be done to, to my standards and you won't update me and you just drop the ball, mm -hmm. then we're going to start back at zero when in fact it, the problem was that we didn't set the expectation. Right. That they felt that they were just supposed to make that decision and just run with it and in fact we wanted them to report back. Right. So that's the inquire level is report back. Mm -hmm. And finally, level seven is delegate, and that means you got this. This is the opposite of tell. This means you go ahead and just make the decision, and you don't have to report back. I don't need to know. Uh, this was, uh, we were talking to a team recently, and uh, the person who handles the accounting said, this is like when I file the taxes. Mm -hmm. You, as the owner of the company, don't need me to tell you I've paid the taxes, don't need to see that, except for maybe at our annual finance review. Mm -hmm. I just do it and it's just done. Or maybe this is like running payroll, right? I don't need to come back to you every time I run payroll. I just run payroll and it's just done. So this I is like kids and, and wiping their butt, right? <laughs> yes. You, you start in the beginning and you work through that whole process. That is and absolutely true. when it's time to delegate that, that is one of the happiest days of your life. I don't and, know if I would have ever thought of it and, that way. And it doesn't mean that there won't you won't have to roll back when they're like five and something starts smelling funny. <laughs> but the goal of every parent is to get them to the delegate stage with, with bathroom so, uh, responsibilities. So tell is like diapers? Yes. It's like I'm just going to do everything, right? It's all that manual level okay. or starting to wipe. And right? then sell is when they start potty training and then you're like, come on. No, we it's, have to yeah. wipe. Yeah, it's important. Well, I'm going to wipe. Yeah, it's going to happen. But you need to understand yeah. that this needs to happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or here's the, the gumball bank or whatever it is, like the distraction to get them on board. But by the time they get to delegation, true delegation, so then consult is when you're like, do you need help? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know that you ever get to consensus, though, to yeah. level four. I mean... Like, let's talk. Let's both agree. We I both have maybe, to agree. Maybe agree is when we both agree mm -hmm. that you don't need help. Yeah, it could be. Even though you probably still do need help, yeah. but we're going to go ahead and agree. <laughs> and then <laughs> advise is when I say, I was doing laundry and... I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I think you should probably maybe, you know, look after that. Take care of some stuff. <laughs> well, how about uh, uh, bathroom delegation? <laughs> Delegating number two. Ooh, number two delegation. Number two delegation. Love it. That is so gross. There you go. But there it is. Kind of apt. So that's the seven levels of delegation in a nutshell. So well, and so the piece with with delegation, true delegation, mm -hmm. to, to get very serious again. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea is that you there there are certain tasks that you can delegate, and the goal traditionally is to to grow your team so that they're capable of receiving more delegation at a more autonomous level. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that uh, they'll be able to take over everything. But the idea is that there should be tasks on everyone's list that that people are able to take 100% responsibility for mm -hmm. in true delegation mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everyone, at when you get this system up and running and you make it all the way through the levels and you can master all seven levels of delegation, you should have 
people who have certain things that are at a level seven. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone should have things Something. that run at a level seven. Mm-hmm. Although again, as the manager, you don't necessarily ever let go of having things that are at level one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the whole spectrum. And so that's kind of the, the seven levels of delegation in a nutshell or a nut bag if you are a nut milk aficionado. <laughs> nut milk bags. Nut milk bags. Uh, but when you, I, I think you can talk about some of these concepts and they're just kind of ethereal and, and just bounce around in your brain. But the practical application of them can be where where you fall down or maybe where you need a little bit of clarification. So how do we how do we put this stuff to work? Right. Well, so right off the bat, the way that it's used when I found it, the way that the author uses uh, Jürgen? it. Jürgen? I way believe that, his name is Jürgen. The way that Jürgen deals with this, Jürgen Apello, yeah. is in a poker game where basically the, there are a lot of kind of ins and outs and you could really make a whole team building session out of it. But what it ultimately comes down to is for any given decision, you would, as the manager, you would talk to the team and say, here's a decision. Here's an example of a decision we make all the time. It's just cherry pick one out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Who do you guys think should make this decision? Where do you think this should fall? How do you think this should be handled? How comfortable or capable do you feel about Mm -hmm. making these choices? Mm -hmm. And, And it basically brings it into conversation where we're kind of talking through who should be making these decisions and again ultimately I think you will find there are places where you feel like the team wants to make the decision and in fact they want you to make the decision. So let's say final approval of contracts over a million dollars. Right. Who has the authority, who, who is comfortable taking on that responsibility. Mm -hmm. And where do they think it should fall? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, most teams do not think they should have the final say over every single decision, and they don't think you should have the final say over every single decision. So starting that conversation about what goes where can be really illuminating, even if you are in disagreement on a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But then it, it starts to open up a lot of conversation about expectation and about responsibility. Mm -hmm. So all of these things and all these feelings where we've had about our team not responsibly taking delegation, Mm -hmm. a lot of those uh, ghosts can kind of go away when we start talking Mm -hmm. about this stuff. Yep. So the next part is to figure out if, if delegation is a problem, if you kind of walk through those steps you can generally identify exactly where we're falling down. Where's the disconnect? So if you look at it and you go, well, tell, that works every day. Mm -hmm. I tell them what to do and that, as long as I'm clear, that gets it done. But it's when we get to that level five, it's when we get to that level three, whatever that level is that, that is where we aren't really seeing delegation happen from there and up, that shows us where we're falling down. And that can be really helpful, whether it's a problem with the team, whether it's a problem with the leader, we can really start diagnosing where we're failing so that we can try to fix it. So think about this for a second. Uh, What percentage of conflict comes from misaligned expectations? Well, that's most conflict. Right, huge percentage comes from I expect something different than you do. Mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about customer, uh, uh, client relationships, or yep. coworker relationships, or spouse relationships, it's misaligned expectations. Yep. And specifically in the workplace, 
think about what percent of, of misaligned expectations are in play when we're talking about delegation. Or that Venn diagram is huge in terms of, of what percent of conflict, negative conflict in our workplace could be dissolved if we could actually open up the lines of communication related to delegation. But again, even right there, so you're talking about misaligned expectations mm-hmm. and conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, there is within a team, how are we doing mm-hmm. with these levels? Mm-hmm. And then there is as a specific leader. So we're working yeah. through Jetpack mm-hmm. and we're looking at how this applies to Jetpack yeah. and to teaching people to lead. Because before we even look at a team dynamic and how your team takes delegation, mm-hmm. thing one is, can you as a leader master all seven levels of delegation? Mm-hmm. Because you should be able to do this, yeah. to do every level of this. And then when we get into the team environment, the question is, do we have a team failing? Mm-hmm. So if I look and across the board, nobody is at a level three or higher, that's one thing. If I look and across the board, I see varying levels one through seven, and then there's this one guy, mm-hmm. and I can't get past level one with him. Yeah. That's really important diagnostically because that means we have a team member and the challenge is in his court. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's up to him to fix it, right. but whether that's interpersonal between me and him, whatever that is. Whereas when you look across your team... You, you got a wipe, man. Wipe. <laughs> just got a wipe. Just got to do it. Just trust me. <laughs> but when I look across the team and I see nobody higher than a level three, that mm-hmm. likely means as a leader, I haven't mastered higher than a level three. And right. that's a different conversation. Yeah. So, uh, what's next? So, we really need to, when we see that, that mm-hmm. as a leader, we're kind of falling down, we need to learn those skills up through the ranks. So Mm -hmm. trying to jump directly to seven to say, I don't have time. I don't have time for consult, agree, advise. I need to get straight to seven. You're not going to get there. It's not going to happen. You need to work your way up through those ranks. You need to figure out what level it's failing at and then work through a level at a time until you can get to that place where they're ready to just have stuff delegated to them. Where it's successful, where yes. you are successful at issuing that delegation at that level and they're successful at carrying it out. So often leaders can see level one. Mm-hmm. They can see that I have to tell you each individual thing. Do I really have to tell you mm-hmm. each and in- <laughs> everything? They can see level seven. Mm-hmm. Where they understand that there is a this mystical place yeah. where you just tell people to run with it and they just get it done. I don't believe it's possible. But they don't you know. see all those intermediary steps. Yeah. And so it seems impossible to ever get from level one to level seven. And I think that's kind of true. Mm-hmm. Like to jump from a troubled level one yeah. straight to seven, you're like really low odds of ever making that work. So I think understanding how to work through those ranks can be really helpful. You know, not to uh, uh, live in the uh, diaper discussion, but (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what, it is is literally impossible for a kid one day or even, you know, one year to go from zero from from level from one. diapers to being where our teenagers are where we literally never have to think anymore about their wiping like habits that does not happen overnight it just doesn't and yep. i don't care who you are and i don't care who the kids are you cannot move from that one to seven in that short a time yep it's true some consultation you're welcome truth some bomb. Advising. <laughs> i'm sure everyone's gonna love that comparison delegate your diaper duty 
Delegating diaper duty. That's the jetpack. <laughs> Delegating diaper duty. There you go. So, and, and then we already kind of touched on this a little, but another value of this is in that having that conversation where when I give you a decision, then we have that common shared language where I can say, understand, I'm advising you on this and I want you to run with the decision. And they know exactly what that means because we've talked about it and we all have that shared understanding of what we're talking about. And when we look at role descriptions, it can be helpful to run it through this filter where you have a list of 20 items that you're responsible for in some capacity Mm -hmm. on the team. What level of delegation or what level of of authority do you have to be able to execute this stuff? Mm -hmm. And which pieces do you need to report back to your manager on? Mm -hmm. Which pieces do you you need to uh, be told or be sold? What what level are we operating at? Yes. And for new managers, you could even look at this through both filters. So Mm -hmm. if I am your manager and you are going to be managing your first team. You keep being my manager. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. It's just like... Life reflects art, you know? <laughs> so if, if I <laughs> delegate to you and you have your first team, then we could go through your job description and we could talk through which things do I want you to report back to me? Which mm-hmm. things do I want you to make the decisions? And then looking at your team, which things do I want you to make the decisions on for that team? Mm-hmm. And which things do I ultimately want you to be delegating at what level to your team? Mm-hmm. So for a foreman, that could be a really interesting conversation to yeah. have. How empowered as your manager do I want your team to be? Mm-hmm. Because that's meaningful. And this isn't uh, this isn't a tool that is in front of us 24-7 that that we're living by and using every Mm -hmm. single moment, it's basically an opportunity to get a snapshot of where we're at and what are the expectations. Anytime that you need to take the temperature of the turkey that you're cooking or whatever it is, it's not not an all day, every day kind of thing. It's Mm -hmm. where are we at if we've had a disconnect uh, or, or we need a snapshot of where we're at today, where we're going tomorrow. Let's run through that exercise and see if we can't learn something about it because mm-hmm. I bet you a million dollars you probably can. Mm-hmm. And in fact, so we have a delegation worksheet mm-hmm. that actually we use when we think maybe miscommunications are happening where, again, this isn't that every time you delegate something you do this worksheet, but you just pick a couple of things and you fill out this worksheet to give you an idea of really how much information do I need to gather and give to a person mm-hmm. in order to delegate a task. Yeah. And by going through that process, that process of filling it all out, you really think about what you need to communicate. Yeah. And I could see where we could stand to put this this seven levels of delegation on that worksheet where what level am I delegating? Mm-hmm. Is this a one? Is this a seven? Where in between? Right. But I mean, of course, both the manager and the team member would both need to understand all seven levels as well. Yeah. So I think... You you can't go from one to seven overnight. It's true. It's true. And I think we're going to be rolling out more of this with the teams that we work with because I think there's a lot of value to this. Uh, So you heard it first here. And specifically with Jetpack Cohort. Mm -hmm. So I think, what, two of our clients have already heard it? Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're not one of those two clients, you heard it first. If you're a Bone Thugs and (laughs) Harmony fan, it's creeping and a come up. Creep and a come up. There it is. Creep yeah. and a come up. You heard it here first. <laughs> if you've never heard of Bone Thugs and Harmony, look them up. I'll see you at the crossroads. It's true. They're pretty good. Yeah. What else? Um, I, I think there was a delegate bone. Isn't that one of them? 
I don't know that there was a, a delegate. I know there was Busy Bone. <laughs> I think there was a delegate bone. He's really busy. He has to delegate. Busy Bone was the delegating bone, <laughs> I think. Okay. Got it. Well, so when, when Busy Bone delegates... And Easy e I think, delegated a lot to all members of Bone Thugs and Harmony. I think he really. delegated a lot while he could. Because they always said that like they were his little bones, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> One bone at a time. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know anything about Bone Thugs and Harmony has no idea what we're talking about at this that's, point in time. That's all right. That's, <laughs> that's why we saved the space just for this. It's true. This is our, our cultural education lesson. <laughs> I don't know that I think... Bone Thugs and Harmony is cultural education. Oh, it educates you about culture. It's like 90s education? Yeah. Like, we could be talking about Pearl Jam. You know what I like about Bone, though? It was like one of the last rap groups that still knew what hard times were. Right, oh, so there's like go coming straight uphill. from the from the ghetto, <laughs> right? No, because like, no, I mean, that, Fifty Cent had hard times, and he was way later. Eh, not that much later. Not 50 that much. I, I feel like 50 Cent. Like no, I feel like 50 Cent Eminem. was like having hard times while Bone Thugs and Harmony was coming out, right? And then 50 Cent didn't really get popular until after, and all of his problems—not all of them. Uh, I feel like the there's street- still plenty of hip hop artists who have had hard times in their lives. Yeah, just not not quite like. They're not know, all spos, you know. Ice Cube. Have you heard of Ice Cube? <laughs> And and for all your I like these artists who really know hard times. Again, probably one of your favorite hip hop artists is yeah. Spose. Yeah. Who literally self admittedly had like no hard times. Well, except when he got monkeyed over by his record label, you know? It's pretty tough. <laughs> anyway, we're way off topic yeah. by now. So uh, that was Seven levels of delegation. Seven levels of delegation. Yeah. And the jetpack was? Delegating diaper duty. Delegating diaper Triple duty. Triple D. Triple D. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had fun. Uh, we're going to be back on schedule here. We have a couple of good episodes lined up. Uh, but in the meantime. Back on schedule. Is that a pun? Back on schedule. Because next week we're talking about Ooh. managing schedule on a construction project. We are. You didn't even mean the pun. That's funny. Says you. <laughs> so next week we're going to be talking about managing uh, construction schedules. So mm-hmm. we're going to have a handful of tips and tricks about that. Anytime we go like deep into like culture and leadership mm-hmm. ter- territory, like delegation. I just get uncomfortable. Then we're likely to bounce right back to like super construction heavy topics yeah. like managing schedule. and. So this is a really wonky topic for me. <laughs> schedule management. So we'll talk about it. You're a construction wonk? Is yes. that what you are? I, I'm a wonky about a lot of things. <laughs> you said it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, you can find us. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathpodcast.com where you can like or review us so that other people can find us. I think you can only like them. Well, actually, you could like or review us like on our website, but it's actually more helpful if you do it on the podcast app where you find us. Yeah, so go to the podcast app and give us two thumbs up. I don't know that you can give two thumbs up in a podcast app. You could... Sometimes it's stars. You could photo edit it. Well, don't give us two stars then. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how many stars it is. Is it a two-star rating? I'm going to need to do some homework here and figure I think it's like the iTunes system. Okay, we'll give you some study guides next time. (laughs) So you can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us in West Seattle. Come on by for a coffee. We're happy to chat. That's true. 
You can find us later. You can find us on LinkedIn. Jason Sturgeon. You said that. Did you already say it? I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. Wasn't Where paying are attention. you? Didn't you say that was like my one? No, you said my one weakness was that you don't pay attention when I talk. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I said my weakness was I don't pay attention when you talk. No, you said my weakness. That's right. Is you don't yes. pay attention right. when I talk. Thank that's, you for correcting me. That's what you said. Well, it's part of delegating, really, is to correct your reports when you see that they're just way off base. Or way off track. (laughs) With that said, (laughs) let's get off track. All right. We'll see you later. We will see you next week. Watch for it. Watch for it. I can't believe you never heard about friendlies. You had to know we went to friendlies. You better. He paid as well, Ben. Went to friendlies with my friends. Went to friendlies with my family. But mostly I went to friendlies so I could go to the game store. Got so many good games there. Remember King's Quest? Really? There was like a knight and like a hot chick that was only hot on the cover of the game. For a lot of uh, computer games that I played, Mm -hmm. that wouldn't work. Yeah, but like, this was not that era. This was prior to that era. These were DOS games, which in my experience, DOS games always worked. Mm -hmm. And then it went into that like 90s era, and the 90s games were the ones that like, most of those didn't work. But like- Like King's Quest, in my experience, is like, and it could be that they were ported. King's Quest went on for a long time. So the first King's Quest, was like a DOS game and then it went into that like 90s. But these were like Atari games. 1984. Mm-hmm. And then King's Quest 2 was 1985/87. It was like 5. Was yeah, see. See this? Mm-hmm. That was the first 90s one. It's a hot chick anywhere. I think it might be her. Hot babe. Princess Rosella.